Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome into episode 113 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country for a surprise edition of the Sources Say Podcast. Sean, how the heck are you? Um, I'm doing very well, Jack. It's been too long since we've done one of these, and uh, we were planning to do this on Tuesday morning. But you text me and you said, "Ah, why don't we just do it now? So much is going on. Let's go ahead and get some content out there. Heck, you're the are are you the prize recruit after your weekend at Rupp Arena? You know, I, I would not classify myself as a prize recruit. I had one very, very, very good game at Rupp Arena. Uh, outside uh, of that, I did I did not, not play to Seth Greenberg. Hey, outside I, I had one good game and I had some good highlights to prove it. But outside of that, now, I didn't play. I didn't play all that great, but the, I got to ask the, you this, though. What? Since you're all buddy-buddy with Seth now, does that mean we get him as a guest on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. He'll. But I'm kind of worried that the stuff that went, like, super, super public was all a big lie, and he's going to come on here and act, give the actual scouting <laughs> report. Like, hey, he he's really out of shape and, and huffs and puffs after three 
uh, three runs up and down the floor. He misses a lot of gimmies at the basket. Uh, he needs to get subbed, you know, every three minutes because he's winded so easily. Uh, you know, things like that that I, I, that don't need to be known publicly. That Seth, I think, would definitely uh, make sure is known to the public. So let's just keep let's just keep only positive vibes from Seth and his scouting report to me. But man, it was such an awesome experience. I mean. Uh, the UK basketball team, they were so involved and the players were so committed to th- having an awesome experience. And Seth Greenberg was my coach. He's an just absolute mastermind of basketball, uh, you know, taught me a thing or 12 uh, about, you know, how to draw up plays and defensive schemes and, uh, you know, different offenses to run. I mean, just absolutely brilliant whenever it comes to just pure basketball. So, just grateful for the opportunity. I had such a fun time and I can say that I had a double double at Rupp Arena and nobody can ever take that away from me. So Sean, <laughs> I'm actually on vacation right now. I, I took know. this week I, I took this week off uh, and I, I wasn't going to record anything. We were gonna have to wait another week, but there was so much stuff that was happening uh, and I was kind of getting a little juiced up a little bit. And I mean, it's sitting here 1130 at night and I was like, man, I just got to talk about this stuff. So, you know, I reached out to you and we, uh, we decided to do this. We were going to push it uh, to tomorrow morning, but we were like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just uh, get things rolling right now. If you're like me, you've been itching for a sources say podcast because it's been August 12th, I think was our last one and didn't really have a lot of content to really talk about Jack. And then it all comes in a big wave here with recruiting and then men's basketball on conference schedule. What's going on with Kentucky and Michigan, Kentucky going to Notre Dame. Uh, so we certainly have plenty of content that we're going to get to, and we're going to condense it to where it's not super long, but uh, definitely a lot of, a lot of talking points. So the last time we talked, it was the kind of basketball recruiting edition where it was literally just a rundown of the 2022 class, the latest with, all of the top guys. And the reason why we hadn't been talking a whole, whole lot is because how many different iterations can you say Kentucky's the leader for Shaden Sharp? Things are looking really good with Cason Wallace. Adem Bona uh, is, has a visit scheduled and things are looking really good on that front. UK is kind of neck and neck with the other Blue Bloods for Derek Lively, so on and so forth. It, there's You don't want to just keep putting out this just a different variation of the same information. So there really, I mean, there, there were some smaller things to talk about, but nothing to drone on, you know, an hour and a half about uh, over the last couple of weeks. But this weekend kind of changed a lot of things for the future of Kentucky basketball. And it started with Cason Wallace, who was the first official official visitor uh, on campus. He arrived uh, late last weekend, um, th- this past weekend, late last week. And Sean, First off, the early reports are that that things went very very well. I've taught. I was on campus when all the. I was literally playing at Rupp Arena when all this stuff was happening. So I saw, I saw Kaysen on his official visit just a, just a few times. Just he was kind of in and out, just kind of looking at the uh, facility. So I saw that, but I was with the UK coaches. I was talking to people around the program. Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of an all access event that I was at. It was it was really really awesome time and. Basically, the the early rumblings were that things were going very, very well with Cason Wallace. And it wasn't until today that there was really a lot of momentum on this recruitment. And that's part that I think that's partially the reason why we needed to 
jump on this podcast and talk about it immediately because um, Sean, there's a lot of positive, positive momentum with case and Wallace that uh, Kentucky has firmly solidified itself as the leader in his recruitment. And there, I I had a, a, several people reach out to me late tonight. I had, uh, you know, there were some rumblings earlier and uh, I was actually told that Shaden Sharp was on, on his visit. And we'll talk about that here in a second, but with case and, you know, specifically I was feeling out, you know, how are things going and all that. And uh, I had a, a text message that kind of swept me off my feet a little bit where it was like, <laughs> okay, this might be, this might be a very real thing. So uh, Sean, just kind of first and foremost, what would a case and oh, Wallace com- commitment mean to you? And what would it mean for this program? And, and you know, just kind of what do you like about Casey Wallace as a player? I, I, I love the fact, Jack, that I think he could be the, the best two-way guy in the class. When you're talking offense and defense, a, a motor, uh, he's a guy that I think really would take on the mentality of John Calipari and that attitude, that, that tough defensive, uh, defensive stopper guarding the, the other team's best player every single night. I, I think that's what he would be. Uh, Jack and and when you look at this, we we know Kentucky's been in an excellent position with Shaden Sharp for a very very long time. I mean, it's to the point, Jack, that if Shaden's not a part of this class, I think it would be one of the biggest upsets in recruiting history in UK. That that's what we've we've known for months now. But Kaysen was kind of the guy that we looked at and was like, all right, Kentucky's finally offered after during Peach Jam. Where does Kentucky stand with it? We know Tennessee's there. We know Texas is there. I think we kind of have known that Kentucky was one of those schools, but after the news and stuff of tonight, Kentucky can, I think Kentucky is going to start to be the favorite when it comes to this. And if you have that with Sharp, with Sky Clark, you can see Kentucky's uh, backcourt and their perimeter coming together right now. And, and when you look at it, and I know fans have been itching for commitments with Memphis getting what they've been getting and Duke getting what they've been getting. Kentucky fans, I don't want to say restless, Jack, but Sky Clark's been committed now for almost a year. That 22 has been just dead silent. We keep hearing about 22 being the class, and we keep saying 22 is going to be the class that Orlando Antigua and Cal and the staff really kickstarts what Kentucky has been about under John Calipari. But you can't really get to that until you have commitments. But when you look at it, fans have been panicking a little. I don't want to say panicking, but they've obviously been on edge a little, just waiting for it. But when you look at the 247 rankings or rivals, Kentucky's in the running for, you feel really good about five of the top 13 guys. This could still be the class that really gets it started. But, man, Kaysen Wallace, for what as much as you love Derek Lively and as much as I like Shaden Sharp, man, Kaysen Wallace is a freak. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a kid that he averaged 14.7 points on 47.7%. Uh, field goal shooting and 35% from three, 6.8 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.2 steals per contest in 13 games. Uh, he led pro skills, uh, their EYBL squad to an impressive 12 and one final record at Peach Jam. So this is a dude that, look, I sat there and I was watching the same game, the same games that the UK coaching staff uh, was watching. And I had several individuals very close to the program that, that, as the game was happening, we're just drooling over this kid saying, look, that kid can just flat out win games. He like, he has flaws. Like the, the thing about Casey Wallace that's so intriguing is that he's not this like super polished, like one thing that really separates his game from everybody else that you go, ah, 
you know, he's the best scorer in the class or he's the best point guard in the class. He, or, you know, he's the best facilitator or, uh, you know, finishes at the rim better than everybody or, or, you know, whatever. There's not one individual thing that you look at for him and say, ah, that's what separates him. But the one thing as a kind of, as a player overall that separates him is that he is the winningest, the, the, has this hard nose winning mentality that easily, easily separates him as just, I mean, just he's, I would argue that he's the the fiercest competitor in the class of 2022. I mean, he's the dude that he'll die for loose balls. He'll go and block your, you know, pin your shot on the backboard. He's a dude that he's, he is not afraid to take charges and do all the little dirty work things that, that separates a, uh, you know, a good team from a great team. That's who Casey Wallace is. And that's why the the Kentucky program was so uh, just there. Look, Casey plateaued a little bit, you know, earlier in the spring, I think there was a lot of worry about, you know, how much better can he get from this point? What is his actual potential? What is his ceiling here? And the, the staff was waiting for peach jam, that kind of high profile event to see, okay, could this kid be who, he we think he could be or is he going to settle as kind of a you know top 20 to top 30 ish kid can he be that top 10 top 15 type talent and he easily undoubtedly proved that he could be that player and that's why an offer came immediately and that's why UK put put forth a full court press on press on him uh, right away UK has has zeroed in on Casey Wallace and things are looking very 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 good on that front and he's one of these guys too that he's an energy starter is what I would put him at. You you put him in this class, and he gets he gets things started. Regardless of what the roster looks like around him, that's a guy that could really get everyone else on a roster going, Jack, just by his defensive energy. You mentioned his ability and his effort to dive on the floor for loose balls, uh, block shots in transition. But I think that as good as his defensive game is, you mentioned how his offensive game is, is kind of raw and things, but I, I see things in him – that he could be very good in pick and roll with his size, his athleticism. Uh, with this roster, what we're expecting it to be with Sky Clark, let's say they add Shaden Sharp to it. I also think he could develop into a guy that can play off the ball too on that weak side of the floor. I see a lot of potential in his game that if you get him around these other elite of the elite players like we're expecting Kentucky to add, Kaysen's a guy that could thrive in that environment. You, I mean, UK thinks he can play the three. so. Yes. That in itself tells me what UK, like UK's kind of dream, you know, picture with this class is. They are confident in Sky Clark. There was some, you know, now that Shaden Sharp has kind of solidified himself as that second piece, they, I think the, the, the last remaining piece of this was, okay, do they go all in on Nick Smith? Nick Smith is a guy that behind the scenes really, really pushed for a UK offer. He thought that he, was a good fit there, but I think, like we, I mentioned on this last show, there was some kind of ruffling of feathers, and and there's still, you know, Hills tell you publicly, and he's, it feels like he goes on the record more often than not, and says, you know, Kentucky's just another school on my list, almost like a, a I, I don't know, kind of just a stu- some stubborn answers every once in a while that that, that he'll give, that it just kind of, the the quotes feel off. And you could, I mean, that's just some things that have been brewing for a while, but you've been waiting for that third piece. Is it going to be Nick Smith, who is just so skilled offensively and just kind of wired to score? Or are you going to go with the case in Wallace, who is the kind of all around do it on both ends of the floor, two way standout 
who I've compared to kind of a, a more offensively gifted Ashton Hagens, <laughs> is which one of those pieces are you going with? And I think UK still, as of right this second, was planning on hosting uh, Nick Smith for an official visit next weekend. But things really changed with Case and Wallace this weekend, and I don't envision a scenario where both of them end up in Lexington. So, you know, this is just completely speculating right now. I think if things went as well with Case and Wallace as I've heard they they did, and I think that – look, he has, a, he has a, an official – commitment date scheduled for I, I think November 7th I believe but but you know first week of November does that get pushed up is that something that you know could we see a, a commitment sometime sooner because this is a done deal or is it uh you know we're going to kind of go back home evaluate our options things went extremely extremely well on the visit but do, does he want to kind of take a step back and go okay I, I can't make an emotional decision let me rethink things through and allow for Nick Smith to come I think that this week is going to be really telling with if Nick Smith ends up making it on campus, how hard UK really pushes there, because I genuinely do not envision a scenario where Nick Smith comes to be a, you know, a backup option. And just, just based on how I was watching the staff evaluate these kids and and the effort that they put on kind of behind the scenes with recruiting, my hunch, this is just a hunch that they favor Case and Wallace over, Nick Smith and I think that that this week is going to be telling if if you know we hear of a rescheduled visit for Nick Smith or he kind of holds things off we did see that Nick Smith pushed up his commitment date uh, a, a week that he's going to be committing even sooner than he his original uh, planned announcement so I think those two we're going to see some movement on various fronts with both of those two players uh, and I think I think it'll end up being that Case and Wallace ends up committing to Kentucky sooner rather than later, and uh, that Nick Smith ultimately ends up elsewhere. That's just my personal yeah, gut at I this agree. point, and and I think I think it'd be a uh, a win on UK's part just to to just to have a guy like Case and Wallace um, locked they, up at this point in time. I agree with that 100. percent They they offered both of those guys in the same weekend, and we I think we knew at that point that likely one of them would end up at Kentucky. I thought it was very unlikely that both, just because Shaden Sharp is there as well. Now, if Sharp were to go somewhere else, then you could see both guys possibly get to Kentucky. We right. don't expect that to happen at all, Jack. And, and Kaysen's been a guy that we've talked about, both of us. We've both said that's a guy that you don't want playing in the SEC where you have to go up against him two or three times in the in the regular – couple times regular season – or in the SEC tournament as well. That's not a that's not a talent you want to lose to a rival school in your league, uh, or to a Texas. You know, and that's a team that's going to be in your league very soon. So, I agree with that 100. percent I think Casey Wallace of the two is most likely to end up at Kentucky. And then when you're talking, you know, combo deals, uh, I don't think at any point did we ever really think that both could come to Kentucky. I think we possibly looked at maybe a Dimbona and Derek Lively being as two mm-hmm. that you, you could see possibly come together. So I'll, I'll go into this before we even get into Shade and Sharp and everything that's going on. I mean, you're starting to look now and think that this class, while it only has one entering September here, you could see three, possibly four, by that fall signing period, couldn't you? The way the momentum's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kaysen – I, I I don't have an exact timeline as of right now, but I, I just my my gut tells me that we hear something sooner rather than later on that. 
Um, Shaden Sharp was a guy that the first timeline I heard was mid-August. And that was something that the, the people that would absolutely know were pretty firm on early on. That timeline got pushed back in a couple weeks where it was, uh, yeah, I think that it's going to be kind of, you know, mid to late August. And then it was late August. But everybody familiar with that situation continues to say, stop stressing about this. Oh. It's not it's not something to worry about. It's it just let this process play out. So Here's I, I think thing. I mean, if he he officially visited earlier this summer, right? So the second trip to Lexington's on his own dime. Well, right? so so there is a the NCAA rule because of COVID, players get a second official visit, or okay. they technically they, they can technically take two official visits to individual schools, 10 total officials okay, that makes uh, sense. because, because this summer technically counted as the junior year officials because they weren't able to take they them. Weren't able, that makes sense. So sh- the first one Shaden took was his junior year official and the surprise trip this weekend, which, which I reported tonight that, that he is on campus currently as we speak, he is, he is in Lexington right now. Um, that that is a second official visit. This is his senior year official visit. So yeah. yes, we're talking. You 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 will we'll close out the kind of the Case and Wallace segment, and kind of transition into Shaden. But you you brought up the timeline of things. Shaden, all signs are still pointing to. I mean, shoot, he himself said that that he was wanting to to get a commitment out of the way in late August. So we're still in that time frame. Probably you know first week of September. The next couple days slash next week ish uh, is definitely a, a timeline to keep a close eye on especially considering the fact that he's had so many re- you know I think at one point he had an official visit to Kansas that he canceled he was supposed to visit or Arizona this weekend that I think that you know I, I don't think he ended up making making it there I know he showed up later uh, to, to Lexington than Kaysen did um, so I haven't heard if he went to Arizona first and then went straight to Kentucky after the fact I don't know. He lives in Arizona. I mean, that'd be, that's not a hard trip for him to make. So it wouldn't shock me if, if he snuck that one in, but he expedited the visit process to get on campus this weekend for a reason. I mean, why else would he, uh, there was another report that came out that he's supposed to be on campus next weekend, but he ended up pushing that up and, and making it now. So why, else would you be cramming in all these visits uh there's some talk that he's going to be having one last conversation with the g league before making a final uh final decision there why would he be expediting this process if we weren't going to be getting a decision like immediately it's very very soon you know an imminent decision so that's kind of what makes me think that we could see both case and wallace and shaden sharp come off the board uh in kentucky's favor in the coming, you know, by the end of September at the latest. He's definitely a fall guy, regardless of yeah. what happened. Sharp is definitely an early signing period guy where Derek Lively, Jack, seems to be the guy in the class that I'm starting to think that it's not any time in the early period. I, I see that being one that drags into the winter, possibly even to the spring. Um, a, dim boma, a, a dim bona, I know a guy that you really like in that class as well. We, we don't really know. You, I could see that being another one that maybe moves into the early period, but it remains to be seen. But it certainly sounds like John Calipari is trying his best to get a push here to get some momentum, especially when it comes to his backcourt and his perimeter. 
And what better way to do it than with uh, Cason Wallace and Shaden Sharp to possibly join that class sometime in the near future or in the next couple of months. Jack, that would be that would be the shot in the arm that Kentucky fans need going into the season. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of on that note, I was at um, – there was this banquet for this event that I was at this weekend, and the players were there. They were participating to actually play this family feud game. It was, it was cool, really unique, uh, entertaining experience. And the family feud game ended, and uh, the host of the event – took the microphone and said, all right, that's going to be it for our players. Uh, there's a, a couple very important recruits on campus that they got to um, get back to and, you know, help out with and blah, blah, blah. And they kind of just like threw that into the conversation. And if you, you know, I was keeping a close eye on Cal and the assistants and kind of seeing where they were going, how often they were there. And they, I mean, they were constantly moving, constantly on the phone. If Cal was in, the, the you know, all the assistants were out. If uh, Cal was out, some of the other assistants were in. They were constantly going back and forth, uh, really putting the full court press on, you know, at first Case and Wallace, and then surprise, Shaden Sharp uh, ends up making his way to campus as well. So this was very clearly a, an important recruiting weekend. And, I mean, it continues, continues to be a very, very important recruiting weekend for the Kentucky basketball staff because I think – uh, I mean, shoot, like you said, get Case and Wallace committed alongside Shaden Sharp. It, you know, say by the end of September, UK has both uh, both of them locked up. I mean, what else do you need in that guard class? You don't know what's going to, you know, how things are going to unfold. At that point, you can feel well, confident in a transfer to kind of fill the veteran void and, and kind of – you don't need to look at the high school ranks anymore at that point. You can just get a big old fat check check mark. On your backcourt. I mean, what what else would you need outside of maybe one or at most two veteran pieces in the spring and, you know, through the transfer portal? Yeah, and, and you have no idea what happens with this current roster. Who comes back or is is there a guy that surprises and goes a second year? We, we've talked about that with the front court. Is is Oscar Shibway ready for just one season at Kentucky or is it a two-year thing? Is, is Damian Collins a one and done? We, we don't know about the front court. And there's guys in the backcourt like a C.J. Frederick. That I could that I've said for a while now that I think that he's a multiple year guy at Kentucky. Uh, what happens at the point guard spot? Sabir Wheeler, Tata Washington, but it it certainly appears that John Calipari will return to what John Calipari does best, and that is a landing elite of the elite high school recruits. We know that not every roster jack is going to look like the one at Kentucky this year, with just yeah, littered yeah. with the uh, juniors and seniors, but. Uh, it's the perfect blend. If if they can get four or five guys out of this class, top 15 recruits, man, uh, that would definitely signal that John Calipari in Kentucky is back to being that. And then people, I know people are, have been panicking, and I keep using that word. I don't, I don't want to say panicking. I just think that they're anxious because you see Memphis and Imani Bates and Jalen Dern, and you see Duke getting what they're doing, and everybody's like, well, When's Cal going to do this? You know, when's Orlando Antigua returning? When's it going to pay off? It's taking some time. Be patient. It's going to pay off. Kentucky, no doubt, Jack, is going to end up with one or two when it comes to this recruiting class. They're going to be one of the two, either number one or number two. I, I don't see them slipping to three. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I completely agree. And we we talked about the backcourt. I think that UK has finalized those options. And, and again, people are worried about the timeline for Shaden and all that stuff. Like you said, stop panicking. I think that this is – just let this process play out. The G League came in at the last minute and offered a, a substantial offer to Shaden Sharp. It's obviously something that he's going to have to kind of take a step back and think about and reevaluate his options just to ensure that Kentucky is still the spot for him. And all signs are absolutely still pointing to that direction. That you know, there's a reason that he ended up on campus this weekend and expedited his recruiting process and his visit process to make that happen. So again, no reason to stress about it just because you know, I mean, shoot, Sky Clark came out publicly and said uh, that I think we're going to get a commitment here in the next couple days or a couple weeks at the latest. And that was, I think, at the end of, uh, of July, I believe he said that. And, you know, there are people going crazy going, well, Sky Clark is wrong. And, uh, you know, all these recruiting insiders are wrong because they had the timeline wrong on, on Shaden. It's like, look, it, it, like there, there's really no rush for him to make a, make a decision. He's, he's making sure that he's crossing his T's and dotting his I's, making sure that he is, you know, every, everything solidified and that he's very confident in his decision. And all signs are absolutely still pointing, uh, you know, pointing toward Kentucky landing uh, Shaden Sharp. And then now that, that you know, at following Cason Wallace's official visit, things are absolutely trending that direction with him as well. Uh, there, there's no reason to stress over either of those two at this point in time. Things are looking very good. And until uh, anything changes, barring a major, uh, you know, surprise at the last minute or whatever, we'll keep you updated on that front, but no reason to stress on that. Another guy that uh, there was some other news that came out about him uh, that he was supposed to be on campus this weekend, that that ended up getting rescheduled that I believe Joe Tipton of on three sports, he publicly put out today that, uh, that Adembona is going to be on campus October 1st now, as opposed to um, this past weekend. Uh, and he also scheduled a couple others. I, I believe he has four official visits scheduled. Um, and a lot of people were like, Oh, well, you know, I thought he was a done deal locked to Kentucky as well. Here was the exact text that uh, I got tonight that when I was kind of asking around to see what the situation was, Bona is a lock of all locks as well. He's basically UK's to lose. Um, and I, I kind of was, I was asking about Derek Lively versus Adem Bona, uh, you know, t- who's going to commit first when we could hear all that. Uh, the other text I got was Bona may beat him to the punch. So things are still looking absolutely fantastic on, uh, on this. Look, when I, First heard of him at the Pangos All-American camp. Look, this is a guy that, that 
didn't even come over to the States until late last year. So his time in, in America is new, let alone him learning American basketball, learning colleges, taking visits and all that stuff. So uh, again, we're talking about another guy that really is in no rush to make a decision, but it still feels like something is, is coming sooner rather than later. I would still be absolutely shocked that he's not an early signing period guy. All signs are absolutely still pointing toward Kentucky being the option. Kentucky initiated the, um, delay of the official visit they I think they want to be toward the tail end of uh, that visit process and I've heard nothing but positive things on that and that's a great 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 news for Kentucky because I am uh, a huge huge fan of Adam I think he is going I think he would be an a, an absolute perfect fit for Kentucky what they're trying to do he does all of the little things again what you love about Case and Wallace and guard form Adam Bonus kind of that guy and a big form he hustles he runs the floor so well he blocks shots he rebounds he tears the rim off the uh, you know off the backboard every single time he goes up for a dunk he's just that type of of just absolute freak of nature player that Kentucky fans would ab- absolutely love to have in Lexington and um, again until well, I hear any anything otherwise fans should should pencil him in as as a very likely option for Kentucky and before we move into the schedule talk, uh, I'll, I'll make a prediction. Going into that week, Kentucky-Duke at Madison Square Garden, that's the same week as the early signing period, I believe. November 11th, is that correct? I think is the official day there. Yes. I'm going to say Kentucky has four signatures for this class. I would not disagree. And let's just uh, – who, who would those four signatures be from? I think those four signatures will obviously be Sky Clark, Shaden Sharp, Casey Wallace, and Adem Bona. I think that you'd be very, very uh, on hitting the nail on the head with those predictions. <laughs> and then, uh, then what you do is you you lock up and you look and see what you can do with Derek Lively in the spring. I think that is. I think that's UK's blueprint right now. That's what they're going with. I think that's they're they're confident in those options. They're confident that the transfer portal, if they were to miss on a Derek Lively, I, I think right now they are pitching to Derek Lively and a Dembona because they're both centers, but they both think that they can play on the perimeter. So I think right now the process is about convincing them about playing together. And I think that's kind of the not, – not even necessarily a hurdle, but just kind of part of the recruiting pitch of, of you know, the players asking, hey, what's this team going to look like if I come to Kentucky? What is this – you know, what is this team going to look like? What's the offense going to be – you know, how am I going to be, you know, fit into this offense? Um, and, and I think that's kind of this next step for Kentucky is convincing – both of them to play together or, you know, say you get a Dembona committed sooner rather than later, which is the the expectation. How will Derek Lively be, you know, okay with playing with, with alongside him pitching how they're going to be playing together. That's going to be the next step for the Kentucky coaching staff. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think those are the four guys that I would feel, you know, barring a major change of events that those are going to be the four players that UK get signatures from in the early signing period. And then uh, all, all signs point toward a, you know, UK going all in on Derek Lively. Yeah. Like you said, late fall, winter, early spring, you know, it will be very 
comforting for the staff, I think, to have those four core foundational pieces locked up and be able to say, look, Derek Lively, you are our last last ditch effort. You're our, our one remaining target. We're all in on you and have all coaches going all in on, on one player. I think that's one hell of a way to, to close out a class. And I think after that, if there are any other pieces that you need to add late, they're going to be transfer portal pieces. And that's about as, as, as good of a class as you could possibly ask for Sean. Yeah, it is. No, no doubt. Uh, you want to transition and talk about this schedule and, uh, yeah. And to me, the biggest news of the schedule is, is Tubby Smith. Absolutely. I, really, I think that that is just something that I know that he's been waiting on, something that I think all Kentucky fans have been waiting on, and, and, and most of them, for sure. And I, I think it's super cool that he's coming back to Rupp Arena on December 31st and bringing High Point. Yeah, I, I mean, this is – a guy that won a title. I mean, this is uh, this is somebody that, that that did so much for this program. 1998 national title, 10 SEC titles, five regular season and five in the tournament. Uh, I mean, at what point is it, you know, is it time? Like, it, it just feels like it's been kind of – we've been waiting for a moment like this where it's where it's been the appropriate time to bring him in and honor him the way that he deserves – and I know there's some backlash because, you know, there were some recruiting struggles and there was some, you know, underachieving narratives and things like that that kind of uh, – that I think Kentucky fans kind of um, d- kind of takes away from his legacy and, and for, for some Kentucky fans. But I think when, when push comes to shove, when you look at the overall, you know, time of, of him being in Lexington – you got to look at that and you know tip your cap and say that's that's a national title winner. That's a a dude that did a hell of a lot for this program and deserves to have his name in the rafters and to be honored in a way like this. And I think bringing him in, you know, to close out the year and and uh, you know really close out the non-conference schedule outside of that that trip to Lawrence and you know the Kansas game. I think that's one hell of a way to close out the non-conference schedule and and one hell of a way to honor a coach that that absolutely deserves to be honored, Sean. I think it's a great move for Kentucky. It, it is, absolutely. I think it's – and I thought it was really cool that Cal came out and, you know, said the schedule would be re- releasing today, but he wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that that was going to be done. And I, I'm interested to see, Jack, how what all they do to honor him that weekend. I would expect a lot of his former players to come back, but you, you know that Tubby Smith's name is going to be in the rafters by January 1st, 2022. I, I think that that's the right thing to do. Every other national championship coach has their name in the rafters. Tubby Smith should be no different. Completely agree. Um, kind of some of the other big highlights of the non-conference schedule, well, more so the absence of one is the fact that um, Michigan is no longer on the schedule. And, Sean, I'm very curious to see what you think about how that came to fruition because if you ask Michigan, they say that Kentucky was the one that canceled the game. Uh, and I, I'm very, I, I kind of go back and forth on this. What are your thoughts on Kentucky being the one to initiate the cancellation of this game? Uh, and instead, I believe they scheduled North Florida in their absence. Yeah. And then and then flipped and decided to go to South Bend, right, and go to Notre right. Dame. It's it's not the same, 
is playing Michigan on the road. Honestly, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, Jack, because I thought that that was a game that I, I was really excited about going to myself and covering that one. And I thought it was going to be at the perfect time, right? First Saturday in December. You know, you go to Michigan. Uh, yes. You're playing a team that is believed to be a national championship contender, a Final Four contender. I thought it would have been the perfect thing for an experienced roster to go do. That, that's a little disappointing that that game's not happening. But – and then when you look at the schedule too, I mean, they're the fans that are going to Rupp Arena outside of Louisville, they're not getting anything in the non-conference schedule. Yeah. I think that took away – a very like a big highlight of the I mean when they announced this Michigan series it was the start of the Jawan Howard era it was the London trip it was the trip to Ann Arbor it was like I mean it was a a really like you know very strong thing to add to the schedule in a time that a lot of people were complaining about the non-conference schedule and when we finally got to this point where you know, I know we had the cancellation from London last year, and that sucked. But, you know, we kind of just said, all right, well, we just got to kind of delay things, delay everything a year. Uh, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll hit that game when, when the time comes. And then now that we get to this point, you know, it'd be one thing if, you know, the reasoning was, you know, for scheduling conflict and, and you know, due to COVID-19 scheduling issues or whatever UK's official excuse was, um, it, it just it just felt like, there was absolutely a spot to fit this in. And it was very, you know, it clearly, there clearly was a spot to fit it in because they replaced it with North Florida. Um, and, you know, like you said, replaced it with the, the trip to South Bend for the Notre Dame game. So it, they, I, I don't, uh, I don't buy the scheduling conflict. Well, that's what argument. I was going to say. Like what conflict is it? If you can go to South Bend, where's the conflict? You yeah, know what I mean? Literally, like, how, how far South Bend is literally like, what an hour and a half from Ann Arbor, if that? I mean, they're I mean spitting in, distance from each unless other. Unless there, I mean, is there a game that just absolutely had to be played that they couldn't schedule it? I mean, if if it is, it had to be one of the ones that are probably being hosted at and held at Rupp Arena, right? When you look at the schedule, because we knew, I mean, Notre Dame, we were waiting on a, a site for that. We weren't waiting on it to be a, a home and away right now. I mean, Notre Dame came to Lexington last year. We assumed it would be neutral this year and then South Bend next year. But yeah. now you have to wonder, Jack, I know that there's talks and stuff that they're going to want to play this Kentucky-Michigan series, but after two cancellations and what does this do? I know London was supposed to be next year now, right? The way that it had been laid out, wasn't it supposed to be at Michigan this year, at London next year, and then it Rupp the following year? It just makes you wonder after all these shakeups if, if it even happens at all. Yeah, and I mean, think about the people that I mean had that London trip circle on their calendar and said that's you know putting their life savings toward I mean not life savings but a a, a big chunk of change dedicating it to that trip that is now I mean that's up in the air and I think UK's official release said something to the effect of they're doing what it takes they're having conversations to preserve the series that certainly doesn't sound like you know somebody actively planning on like oh just because it's not happening this year doesn't like we're absolutely going to everything's just postponed a year. It was COVID we're moving on. The fact that they had to go out of their way to say preserving this, you know, they're, they're in conversations to preserve the series. There, there's just, something it, to patch up. It just, yeah. it feels and the reason, the, re, the, the way Michigan statement came out and said, yeah, it was Kentucky that went out of the way to cancel this event. Almost kind of had this like snooty, you know, they're the ones that quit on it, not us. 
mentality. So it, it just kind of feels like, like, and I think you all, I think you already knew that, right? They were the home team. So, I mean, I didn't see Michigan turning down a chance for Kentucky to come to Ann Arbor. You know, that would be the biggest game in, in Ann, Ann Arbor in a long time, honestly. I mean, I know they play big games in conference, but Kentucky coming to town, that doesn't happen every day in Ann Arbor. It doesn't happen anywhere in the Big Ten anymore. I mean, it, that was a big game that was on the schedule. Now, there are some really good games still on the schedule. And I just want your thoughts, though, if, if you're a season ticket holder, and you have tickets to every home game at Rupp Arena. You got Louisville. You're going to get some good matchups in conference play. But outside of that, there's not a whole lot to be excited about coming to Rupp Arena. And I, I get it. That non-conference schedule is still tough. When you look at the Power 5 games on that schedule, at Kansas, Louisville, Duke, Ohio State, there, there's still a lot of games on that schedule, Jack, that I get why. A year after you go 9-16, and 16, I'm not going to sit here and harp too much on them not playing any tough games at home because I think that Cal understands now how important that non-conference slate is with exhibitions and everything at home to build confidence for a team that is experienced but I still think is going to take time to really mesh together because there's so many new faces. Yeah, I agree. It's just – and I just looked it up. It is – 179 miles between Ann Arbor and South Bend. I mean, literally two hours and 30 minutes. So, so what your uh, descent when you're flying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, come on now. I mean, you're the, to say that there's a scheduling conflict and due to COVID. I mean, okay, but uh, whatever. Um, I will add that I kind of, I, I kind of got some surprising, unexpected scoop uh, at this. Uh, fantasy experience they were doing this you know these online these auctions of you know crazy experiences which holy crap people spend some very good money on some like you know they were auctioning off trips to to you know new york city to sit behind the uk bench for the champions classic and you know some of these numbers were tens of thousands of dollars that these things were getting auctioned off for so it was just like holy crap something that i just never never even thought of that that was that that was kind of a real thing that that people did, and I mean, good good for them. It's just very eye opening. But part of the uh, you know part of the auction experience, one of the packages was for a game a you know a game a game against Mississippi State or Vanderbilt, uh, and they revealed what dates those games were for. The SEC schedule has not been released. They, we know who who UK is playing in the conference schedule. We don't know the exact dates of those. Um, UK will be playing. Mississippi State on January 25th or the 26th and Vanderbilt on February 1st or the 2nd. So if you're a diehard Mississippi State fan listening to this that want to see, uh, you know, your Bulldogs take on Kentucky <laughs> at Rupp for whatever reason, mark your calendar for January 25th or the 26th. Same thing for Vanderbilt, February 1st or 2nd. Whatever you want to do with that information, do with it what you will. I don't care. But just thought I'd just thought I'd give you some inside knowledge on uh, this schedule at this point in time. That is uh, some scoop pilgrim right there. <laughs> That's the most un <laughs> underwhelming scoop in the history of scoop. <laughs> hey, will you tell will you tell me when the Vanderbilt Commodores are coming to Rupp Arena this year? Oh, well, yeah. let me tell you. I you will heard say it this. here first. I do think that Mississippi State though will be one of the better games on the home slate for UK this year at Rupp Arena. It will. 
I think that 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 will be a game that fans will want to get out to, uh, which I know doesn't isn't usually something you say every single year, but I think it will be one of the better games at Rupp Arena for this season, in addition to Tennessee, of course, and and some of those. But yeah, th- this non-conference schedule. The one thing that I take away from it, Jack, is it sets Kentucky up to have success. Fans might be a little disappointed that there's not the Power Five matchup other than Louisville at home, the the big one or anything like that, or the road trip to Michigan. But what it does is it sets Kentucky up to kind of build a resume, get some get some wins early, build some confidence, some chemistry, and some flow before they play a stretch there in December that, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's well, – uh, it, I don't want to say brutal, but going on the road to South Bend and Notre Dame, that would be their first true road game, right, when you look at that uh, schedule? Yes. And yes. then you follow it with you – know, I know there's some games that are also built in there. That's the thing that I like about it. It used to be Saturday, Saturday, Saturday in December. And now you, there's some other games there. Louisville on a Wednesday night. I, I'm not a fan of that. I think that that game in its magnitude deserves its own thing, like a, a Saturday or – and I've, I've seen this push too. Like I would love for that to be Super Bowl Sunday, like the lead up to it. Oh, like I know a lot of awesome, people have man. talked about that. I just feel like that game, they're missing some some marketing and some TV ratings by putting it there. Like the last time it was on a Wednesday night, wasn't it the year that Louisville beat them with – was that the Fox Monkey or they played it on a Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken, at the Young yes. Center? Yes. I, I'm not a fan them. of that. I mean, it's better than the Friday day game at noon, but mm-hmm. it's different. It's on the 22nd, and then I know uh, – Tubby Smith on New Year's Eve. Uh, there's there's some good games still on that schedule in the non-conference, but you, the thing that I take away is it sets Kentucky up to have success. Yeah, and we talked last year that uh, how how many of these games did we wish were on the schedule last season? And <laughs> just I, I'm I understand the gripes of the people that get have season tickets and they want the high profile you know, prestigious matchups. I, I think they did some really cool things with, you know, the, the HBCUs with the unity series. I like what they did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like what they did bringing back Tubby Smith. I, you know, there's some cool storylines to go with it. Robert Morris, obviously there's the draw there. Uh, but you know, I, they did some really cool things with it, but there's still, it, it felt like that Michigan game was the last, and I know it's not at, it wasn't going to be at rut, but it felt like that Michigan game was the, the last anchoring piece, you know, when we made fun of, of Duke's schedule for how embarrassingly, you know, trash that was, you know, their non-conference schedule is just a bunch of nobodies. Uh, it felt like the reason why Kentucky's was just kind of miles ahead of Duke's was kind you know, kind of because of that Michigan game. It felt like that Michigan game, you know, on top of Louisville, Kansas, Notre Dame, uh, and, and Duke, it felt like that core group of non-conference foes was just infinitely better than anything that Duke brought to the table. And it really feels like it kind of lost some of that edge uh, with, with UK backing out of the, the Michigan game. And, and, you know, maybe it's for competition reasons. Maybe there is a real scheduling conflict that we just don't know about or whatever. I don't know. But it, I, I just do think that overall, when push comes to shove, it hurts. Well, and I will say this, that non-conference schedule, Kentucky matches last season's win total in that non-conference schedule. They should. Hey, 
they, I'll they take should it, get, man. They should get the nine wins in the nine, in, in the non-conference schedule. That's that's where I think I would safely put it, unless they go and lose to someone at home that they shouldn't lose to. But I I think that they're going to push matching last season's win total, maybe passing it if they can beat a Duke or someone there early in the season. And here's the thing: we're about six weeks away from Big Blue Madness. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, well, let's just don't want to get too far ahead though because we got football starting up to Saturday. Pretty excited about that too. And goodness gracious, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up with this. I'll just go down and we'll go game by game uh, with the actual dates. Big Blue Madness, October fifteenth. Blue White game, October twenty second. Kentucky West Wesleyan, October twenty ninth. Miles College, November fifth. Duke, November ninth. Robert Morris, November twelfth. Mount St. Mary's, November 16th. Ohio, November 19th. Albany, November 22nd. North Florida, November 26th. Central Michigan, November 29th. Again, the Tony Barbie Classic. We didn't talk about that. That's kind of another storyline game. Uh, Southern in the Unity Series, December 7th. At Notre Dame, December 11th. uh, Versus Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic in Vegas, December 18th. Louisville at Rupp, uh, December 22nd, High Point, the return of Tubby, December 31st, and at Kansas uh, in Lawrence on January 29th. So, Sean, very intriguing, plenty of storylines, plenty of big games, but still kind of missing that oomph uh, in the non-conference. Yeah. And one more note, too, or two more notes before we wrap up. Uh, Congratulations to Brad Calipari and Riley Welch for uh, being named great assistant coaches. I think that's very cool for both of those guys. Yeah, I think that's – Cal kind of made it a reality uh, and just kind of what it means to this program, what it means to him, what it means to their family. He said, you know, what what more could I ask for to have my son with me when I walk in the door at practice, when I walk in the door at film sessions, when I walk, you know, into Rupp Arena on game days – what better experience is there in the world than having my son next to me at, at these events, watching his career grow and start as a head coach, you know, not as a head coach, but as a, a getting his coaching career started, uh, you know, at the same place he is making his coaching debut uh, alongside his son, I mean, alongside his dad. I mean, that's just, it, it's really tough to get a better storyline than that. I mean, shoot, Riley Welch, that's a guy that people have been talking about him being a future coach for a very long time. And, think that he's just an absolutely brilliant basketball mind and and uh, you know that's that's another awesome story as well so yeah like like you said very cool story with him happy for both for both of them and I uh, think that they're both going to be very impressive coaches down the line yep same here congrats to both those guys I'm glad that we'll we'll still be able to see them on the sidelines at Rupp Arena absolutely well, with that, Sean, it is now 1231 on a show that we said that we were only going to spend 30 minutes on that we again went over by about double. So <laughs> we, whatever. We never, we never take the under. Never take the under with us. Don't even push we, it. It's it's always the over. This is a this is an over podcast always. So Sean, with that, <laughs> let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBB Country. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we will be back next time for another jam-packed Source of State podcast. We will see you then.
madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.